silence is the enemy. Let praise be a weapon that conquers all anxiety. Let it rise. Let praise arise. We'll sing your name in the dark and it changes everything. We'll sing with all we are and we'll claim your victory. Let it rise, let praise arise. Come on! We'll see you break down every wall. We'll watch the giants fall. For fear cannot survive when we praise you. The God of breakthroughs on our side. Forever lifted high with all creation cry.
This next song is a new song. I've not sang here before. Um, I heard it first at Passion Conference, and it was just so powerful, asking God's presence to fall like rain, that we would experience um, His nearness to us, and that we wouldn't lose the wonder of His presence and always stand in awe of who He is, not just what He's done for us or what He can do for us, but simply who He is. And um, I just pray that this song would bless you this morning, that you would experience God's presence, that you would um, offer your life as an offering of worship to God, and that you would stand in awe of Him this morning.
This year, we have seen kids come to faith in Jesus Christ in droves. God is doing an amazing work here. And this morning, we have two more kids, two more young boys that are coming to say that they want to trust Jesus Christ as Lord. And as they come in, they're, they're wearing a, a children's ministry baptism shirt. And it says that they are all in. Well, we're going to get them all in the baptistry waters today. Okay, so first I have Asher Agner. Come on in here, Asher. He's eight years old, and what are you trying to tell people today? Jesus Christ is my Savior. Amen. Now I'm going to have you hold on to my arm there. And then I baptize you, my brother, Asher Agner, in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit, buried with Christ in his death, and raised to walk in newness of life. And then we also have Elijah Stegman. Elijah, come down here. Let everyone see you there. Give everyone a big smile. How old are you? He's eight years old. And what are you trying to tell people today? Jesus Christ is my Savior. Jesus Christ is your Savior too. And I'm going to have you hold on to my arm there. That I baptize you, my brother, Elijah Stegman, in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, buried with Christ in his death. And raise the walk in new It's so amazing to see young kids make this profession of faith. Would you pray with me, please? Lord Jesus, I thank you for these young boys. And Lord, I pray that they would grow to walk in power, in the power of your spirit, in the power of your word. Lord, I pray for us as church to encourage them in their walk. And that all of this would bring you glory. In Jesus' precious name I pray. And all God's people said, Amen. Amen. God bless you, church. generosity moment. You know, it's because of generosity from the congregation that we allowed to bring these children in. We had a summer music and arts camp for kids this last week. We call it Smack. We had over 200 kids attend during the week, and that's because of your generosity that we can do that. We had a great VBS. We had 400 plus children every single day. It was amazing. It's because of your generosity that we can do that. And um, also in the month of June, we baptized 33 people. So, and we're starting off with a bang today. So that's, that's what we're here for. And that's why we appreciate your generosity so much. If, if you would like to partner with us, there's several different ways to give. You can scan this uh, code and that will get you right there. You can just push a button. You can contribute. Or that we have offering boxes in the back. Or you can text CONNECT to 904-441-6900 and that will get you a an opportunity. We just want to thank you so much for your generosity. You just keep us going. We really appreciate it. Let's pray. Father God, we, we thank you for this day. Father, we thank you for these children that have been baptized today. Father, we thank you for the opportunity to be in your house. Father, we thank you for this, this country that lets us freely worship. Father, we thank you for the many volunteers, Father, and the staff and the people that give so generously. Father, we just ask that as we Go through this day that we would stay firmly within your will. Father, we ask that you would take this offering and use it for your kingdom only. We pray all this in the mighty name of Jesus. Amen. Amen, amen. Well, good morning, church. Good morning, 
It's so good to see all of you here today. Um, for those of you that don't know me, my name is Brandon Elder. I'm the production and communications pastor here at Anastasia. Um, today we're going to be finishing up our summer shorts series that we started several weeks ago. And today we're going to be looking at um, 3 John. A few weeks ago in here, it gets confusing with the moving back and forth and extra stuff. A few weeks ago, Pastor Sam talked about 2 John. Um, so if you're here, we're going to just keep going. What's cool is 2 John um, and 3 John are very similar. The author is not named. We assume he's John based on a whole bunch of stuff, but he just says the elder. That's how the author refers to himself, which I appreciate because. So anyways, so 2 John was written to a group of people. It says to the elect lady and her children. 3 John is different because it's written to one person. It's written to Gaius who we can assume was most likely a pastor of a church. And today we're going to start, let's start off by reading all of 3 John. It's only 15 verses long. I think we can do it together. If you guys would please stand with me, if you can, in honor of God's word. This is a sermon I'm calling 3 John, How to Be a Good Person, just so you know. All right, so 3 John, the elder to the beloved Gaius, whom I love in truth. Behold, I pray that all may go well with you, that you may be in good health as it goes well with your soul. For I rejoiced greatly when the brothers came and testified to your truth, as indeed you were walking in the truth. I have no greater joy than to hear that my children are walking in the truth. Beloved, it's a faithful thing that you do in all your efforts for these brothers, strangers as they are, who testified to your love before the church. You will do well to send them on their journey in a manner worthy of God. For they have gone out for the sake of the name, accepting nothing from the Gentiles. Therefore, we ought to support people like these, that we may be fellow workers for the truth. I've written something to the church, but Diotrephes, who likes to put himself first, does not acknowledge our authority. So if I come, I will bring up what he is doing, talking wicked nonsense against us. And not content with that, he refuses to welcome the brothers and also stops those who want to and puts them out of the church. Beloved, do not imitate evil, but imitate good. Whoever does good is from God. Whoever does evil has not seen God. Demetrius has received a good testimony from everyone and from the truth itself. We also add our testimony, and you know that our testimony is true. I had much to write to you, but I would rather not write with pen and ink. I hope to see you soon, and we will talk face to face. Peace be to you. The friends greet you. Greet the friends, each by name. Let's pray. Dear God, just thank you so much for today. Um, thank you just for the opportunity to come together to worship you and to learn more about you. So I pray today that they won't be my words coming from my mouth, that they'll be yours, and you'll give all of us the ears to hear what you're telling us and calling us to do. We ask all this in your name. Amen. Thank you. You guys can be seated. So it's always good to look at what surrounds a verse when you're studying it, but that can be difficult when what surrounds this verse, this group of verses that we're looking at, is a letter written by presumably the same author, but to completely different people, and then another letter written by a completely different person, Jude. There's not a lot of context in the verses around this to tell us what's going on with this verse, so we have to look somewhere else to try to figure that out. So what we're going to do is we're going to try to just look into these verses and see what is going on. So John starts off um, in this, we have 15 short verses, and John uses the word beloved four times in it. So he has a, a very small, 
amount of words that he's giving, but he uses the same one four times, beloved. And at first glance, starting a letter this way wouldn't be that different from writing like dear in our time. It's not that different. But John continues with whom I love in truth, beloved whom I love in truth. This letter is written to someone that John certainly felt a closeness to, someone that was more than an acquaintance, someone that was most likely a friend. So I love the intro to this book. Um, Verses 2 through 4 said, Beloved, I pray that all may go well with you and that you may be in good health as it goes well with your soul. For I rejoice greatly when the brothers came and testified to your truth, as indeed you were walking in the truth. I have no greater joy than to hear that my children are walking in the truth. John starts by wishing them good health. It's a a fairly standard intro. Um, I get emails all the time that say, I hope this email finds you in good health. And then normally after that, it's somebody pretending to be Pastor Walter who's asking me if I can go and buy them some gift cards to Amazon, scratch off the back, and send them a picture. I'm going to do just a quick aside, quick tech tips with Brandon. If somebody emails you and asks you to buy gift cards for them and scratch it off and send them a picture, please don't. I promise you nobody on our staff is ever going to email you and ask you to buy them gift cards, okay? You guys give to the church. We use those funds to do the things we need to do, and we really very much appreciate that. Please don't do it. If somebody else emails you and asks for it, please don't do it. Call them maybe. See, did you actually send this? All right. If you want more tech tips later, just come let me know. But we're going to keep going. So John wishes good health. um, Wishes good health for Gaius, but not just for his physical health, for his spiritual health as well. Check on your friend's spiritual health. Sometimes it's easy to check on someone's physical health. You just can kind of look at them for the most part and go like, "Mm." or hey, you look great. But spiritual health is different. Because it is hidden. Spiritual health takes work. It takes getting in the weeds with someone. It takes talking and actually listening and actually paying attention when you listen. Take time. The verses go on and they say that John rejoiced greatly when others came and told him that Gaius was walking in the truth. I think that's incredible because this implies John didn't ask them, hey, how's Gaius doing? It implies instead that these guys came and just told him, like, man, Gaius is doing incredible. And I want to be someone that someone just brings that up. They don't have to ask. So John is so happy to hear that Gaius is walking in the truth, just like John taught him. And that's a feeling that, that I can very much understand. Um, the first seven years I was on staff here at Anastasia, I was the, the youth associate, then the college and career director, and then the, eventually the college pastor. And at that time, I sent a lot of friend requests on social media to a lot of teens and 20-somethings that came through our ministry. And even now, many years later, I am friends with them still on those platforms. And it does bring me such great joy when I see that I have former students that are pastors in churches. I have former students that are working at Christian summer camps right now. Um, I have former students that are just still in love with Jesus and they are serving in their local church. And that brings me such joy. But I also have former students that have probably forgotten that I follow them, that, that they sent me a friend request a while ago. And some of the things that they post just bring me just not joy. We'll say that, not joy. So the first thing that you can write down if you're taking notes today is walk in the truth. Walk in the truth so much so that others would see what you're doing and they would bear witness to it. 
They would tell people, if you're looking for someone that's walking in the truth, look at them. So what exactly then is the truth? And this isn't a few good men. I don't need someone to stand up. You can't handle the truth. That got more of a laugh over in the sanctuary, but that makes sense. Okay. Um, so, but if we're called to walk in the truth, then we have to understand what does that mean? John 14, 6, Jesus says this, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. Jesus was the truth. He fulfilled the prophecies of the Old Testament. So when we are called to walk in the truth, then we're shaping our lives to be like Christ. That's what all of us who claim to be Christians should be trying to do each and every day is to be more and more like Jesus. And if I'm trying to be a good person, there is no better person to look to than Jesus Christ himself. Let's keep reading verses um, five through eight. It says, Beloved, it is a faithful thing that you do in all your efforts to these brothers, strangers as they are, who testified to your love before the church. You will do well to send them on their journey in a manner worthy of God, for they have gone out for the sake of the name, accepting nothing from the Gentiles. Therefore, we ought to support people like these that we may be fellow workers for the truth. So here we learn that people that knew John had come to visit Gaius, we don't have all the information of why they came, what they were doing, only that they had gone out for the sake of the name. So these people were probably traveling preachers. Whoever they were, they were strangers to Gaius, but he had shown them love. And that's the next thing you can write down if you're taking notes, is show love. That's another way to be a good person, another way that we can be like Jesus. In John 13, Jesus is with his disciples. He's spending time with all of them for one of the last times before Judas' betrayal and Jesus' crucifixion. John 13, 34 through 35 says this, A new commandment I give to you, that you love one another. Just as I have loved you, you also are to love one another. By this, all people will know that you are my disciples, if you have love for one another. So Jesus calls this a new commandment, even though the commandment to love was old. Leviticus 19.18 um, says to love your neighbor as yourself. And people did what people like to do, and they started to question, okay, but then who's a neighbor? If I have to love my neighbor, who, who qualifies? Who do I have to love then? So Jesus calls this a new command because it has a new object and a new measure. Jesus changed the object from your neighbor, who the strangers that Gaius met certainly would not have been his neighbor. He'd never met them before. They were from somewhere else. This was not his neighbor. And he said he changed it to one another. The world at this time was filled with prejudice, divides. Even believers could not believe on, um, could not agree on some things. Does that sound familiar at all? I think it does. Um, but we are called to love our brothers and sisters in Christ. Whether we agree on everything, that doesn't matter. We're called to love one another. And it doesn't just stop at loving other believers. John 3.16, most of us probably know it. For God so loved the world that he gave his only son, that whoever believes in him should not perish but have eternal life. God loved the world. He loved sinners like you and me so much that he sent his son to die for us while we were still sinners. That's a radical love. And after verse 16 is a verse that I think some of us like to forget. Um, it's John 3.17. It says, For God did not send the Son into the world to condemn the world, 
but in order that the world might be saved through him. God didn't send Jesus to condemn the world. God didn't send Jesus down to, to bring judgment with him. And if God didn't send Jesus to judge the world, then I don't think he sent you or me to judge the world either. My job as a Christian is not to tell people that they are bad and they are going to hell. My job as a Christian is to show the people the love of Jesus Christ, which would emanate through every part of my being. Not just on Sunday mornings. I mentioned earlier that that I have several former students that I still um, am friends with on social media. Um, I have several of you that have sent me friend requests on social media. And I know that some of us are not showing the love of Jesus all the time with what we are posting. And I get it. The world's a crazy place. Our country is a madhouse, it feels like right now. It's easy to get angry about some of these things. I get that. We see in the Bible even a few times that Jesus gets angry. And I want to look at those times. Each of the times that Jesus becomes angry, or sometimes it says indignant, is centered around people that should know better. It's not centered around unbelievers. It's not centered around the world. It's centered around the church. When Jesus got angry, it was with the church. So in Mark 3, Jesus is worshiping on the Sabbath, and a man with a shriveled hand came in to worship. And the Pharisees, the the church leaders, sat and watched Jesus to see, was he going to go and break the law and heal this man's hand on the Sabbath? And said Jesus became indignant because these religious leaders who claimed to worship God, they cared nothing about the welfare of the human life in front of them. Instead, they just cared about the law. It says, um, Jesus looked at them with anger and distress for their stubborn hearts. Mark 10, Jesus becomes indignant with his disciples as they're attempting to keep children from coming to Jesus to learn and grow their faith. That he then goes and says, I wish you guys had the faith of these little children that are coming to me. Let them come. They should know better. These were the disciples. Another time, and probably the most well-known, is when Jesus cleanses the temple. Mark 11 tells us the story of Jesus coming to the temple in Jerusalem and running out the people that were there that were selling things and exchanging money. And the reason is clear. Uh, Mark eleven seventeen says this, and he was teaching them and saying to them, is it not written, my house shall become a house of prayer for all the nations, but you have made it a den of robbers. The area of the temple that this was happening in, it's called the court of the Gentiles. Um, This was the one part of the temple that you could enter if you were not Jewish. So this was the one part of the temple that we could go to in that time and be with God. And instead, the religious leaders had turned it into a bazaar, for, for lack of a better term, where people were coming in, they were shouting, there was people trying to exchange their money, all these things, when this was the only place that non-Jews could be with God, and instead it was being used for greed. Jesus isn't angry at people that don't know the love of God for acting like they don't know the love of God. Even when being nailed to a cross, Jesus was not angry, instead saying, forgive them for they know not what they do. Luke 23, 34. So likewise, we should not hate the world for acting like the sinners that they are, but we should show love just like Jesus did.
Let's keep going. Um, verses 9 through 12 says, I have written something to the church, but Diotrephes, I said that wrong, Diotrephes, who likes to put himself first, does not acknowledge our authority. So if I come, I will bring up what he's doing, talking wicked nonsense against us. And not content with that, he refuses to welcome the brothers and also stops those who want to and puts them out of the church. Beloved, do not imitate evil, but imitate good. Whoever does good is from God. Whoever does evil has not seen God. Demetrius has received a good testimony from everyone and from the truth itself. We also add our testimony, and you know that our testimony is true. John gives us some very simple words to live by um, if we are trying to be a good person. And this is the final point you can write down if you're writing down. It says, do not imitate evil. Imitate good. Simple. Do not imitate evil. Imitate good. Romans 12, 2 um, is a, a verse that says, Do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewal of your mind, that by testing you may discern what is the will of God, what is good, acceptable, and perfect. It's simple, but some of us get easily caught up in this. I have an example. I'm going to make a broad, sweeping statement. So please don't anybody be offended. Not talking about you. Not talking about you. Broad sweeping statement. In less than a year, we will be in the middle of a presidential election. And if you don't know, that is when some of the absolute worst comes out of people. Now, this used to be something that we only had to deal with every four years or so. But that's just not the case anymore. Now... We have bumper stickers on cars as soon as the election's done. We have people in intersections at 312 that are shouting. It is all over. And we have people that are saying and writing four-letter words about sitting and former presidents and posting them everywhere, all while claiming to be followers of Jesus. My son just finished kindergarten. Um, and for a kindergarten, he's an excellent reader. I'm very proud of him not looking forward to this upcoming election because I am not looking forward to having to explain to him all the things that he is going to read. I'm not looking forward to having him ask me, hey, why are there cars around town and even in our church parking lot that have your name on it? It sounds positive. It's not. And you know what, guys, you may not be saying the word with your mouth, but the heart is still there. Do not imitate evil. Imitate good. Is that good? We are never going to win the world for Jesus by stooping down. Instead, through our love, we can show them another way. We can show them the way of Jesus Christ. We can show them that we serve a different God and that we are different because of him. A God who loves each and every person, no matter what, and wants everyone to experience his love. So third John was written to Gaius, who was most likely a pastor of a church, but what John teaches us applies to everyone. Every Christian is called to be like Jesus. And you might be the only or the best Christian that someone knows. 
Um, a few weeks ago now, Pastor Sam, when he was talking about Second John, he told us to keep watch over your witness and your theology. That was one of his points. And this right here is why. Because other people at your work, at your gym, in your home, look to you as a spiritual leader. Whether they've told you that or not, they look to you. And take that seriously. Because every Christian is called to be a light to a broken and a dark world. Take it seriously. Walk in the truth. Show love. Do not imitate evil. Imitate good. If I do those things, then I can be a better person. And I can make a positive impact in our country and in our world for the better. And I can show the love of Christ as I do it. We're coming to a time of invitation. The altar is open. Whether you want to come, you want to pray, whether you want to join our church, you want to get baptized like the kids we got to see earlier, whether you want to join a life group, if you want to take a next step today in your faith, I would love to help you with that. We have counselors that would love to help you with that. I'll be right down here during this song. Please come. Let's pray. Dear God, just thank you so much for today. Thank you for calling us to be different from the world and showing us how through your son, Jesus Christ. So I pray that we can all be like Jesus, that we can show love, that we can walk in the truth, that we can not imitate evil, but instead imitate good. I pray that we will do that. We ask all this in your name, amen. song we could ever sing worthy of all the praise we could ever bring worthy of every breath we could ever breathe we live for you Jesus the name above every other Jesus, the only one who could ever say, Worthy of every breath we could ever breathe, we live for you. song we could ever sing Worthy of all the praise we could ever bring Worthy of every breath we could ever breathe We live for you We live for you Let's sing holy there is no And holy there is no one like 
center and show me who you are and fill me with your heart and lead me in your love to those around me. Amen, church, you're dismissed. Go love your neighbor.